Welcome to Audacity Podcast. This is your host, Michael. And I am Stephen. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pre- Actually, I'm not doing pretty good. You know oh. why? Because Easter has fucked my plans up. Something well, awful. You know, it could be worse. They could have stabbed you in the side and stuffed you in a cave for a few days. I, I guess, I guess. I mean, if Jesus were here, he would be probably telling me to quit bitching. Mm, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, so anyway, I've, uh, I've got a, I've got a job interview tomorrow, and so I, uh, I decided I needed to buy some clothes. So, in, now instead of thinking this through, like like a normal that, that rational, person, yeah, instead of like a normal rational person, yeah, I would decide to wait till the last minute because. You know, it didn't occur to me that, you know, maybe everywhere would close on Easter. Um, and that's precisely what happened when my wife and I decided to uh, go out and fulfill our, you know, my clothing needs. Everything was closed. And so I'm I'm sitting here now and, you know, I spent this afternoon, you know, cobbling something together for for this interview. And I, I hope it's good enough. But uh but yeah, but, but what got me, I guess what got me thinking about it, and I guess what got me so pissed off about it was the fact that, you know, it strikes me as interesting that we're closed on Easter, but we're not closed on Thanksgiving. Or like mm. day, day before Christmas. Yeah. Christmas in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that just goes to show you the value of a good heavenly ham. You're well, supposed you know. to stay home and eat that. Well, you and know, if anybody doesn't know that there is an actual brand of hams called heavenly hams, just like mm-hmm. Jesus would have eaten on Easter. And that's what you're supposed to do. That's what and, I did. And Jesus spake. Mm-hmm. When I come back for the second coming, I expect a ham to be on that table. I expect a ham. Who was supposed to get the ham? I think it was Judas. Peter, you piece of shit. <laughs> you always do this to me. It makes me so mad I could just kill somebody. For once, Doubting Thomas was right. All right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, yeah, I just I just thought it was very interesting and very frustrating at the same time that everything would be shut down on, on Easter. I, I did not expect it, and it did not occur to me, because I'm not a particularly religious person, and... I, I kind of expect commerce to, uh, you know, continue on days that aren't what I consider major bank holidays, and right. Easter, you know, and Easter ain't one of them. So uh, I, I was quite aggravated uh, this afternoon about that, but I made it work, and that just shows you our value system around here. They would rather uh, they'd rather close things for the. Uh, resurrection of jesus uh instead of letting these poor minimum wage workers go and eat thanksgiving dinner with their families so yeah we see what we see we see what your value system is there good call well, you know it is what it is you can't buy booze around here at all ever so why and it's mostly because of blue laws races. yeah the sure. blue laws so it was and well just to give for for the listeners just to give you an idea of what we deal with here so the county we live in is dry meaning you can't you can't buy packaged liquor in this county you know so we can't have liquor stores we can't have you know you can't walk into walmart and buy a case of beer walk into walgreens buy a bottle of wine anything like that but we do have liquor by the drink because that's better somehow 
Mm-hmm. You know, the only people it's better for is the city and the state because of the excise tax they get on the liquor by the drink. That's the only people benefiting from it. But all the religious people in the area, it keeps, I, I guess that was the compromise to not have liquor stores uh, in the area. But it's just, just a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah. And I've uh, been seeing a lot of that here lately. Oh, for sure. The, the hypocrisy of certain people, a lot of celebrities are showing it lately. Uh, I, my favorite, though, I mean, by far, by far recently, uh, is uh, the old Kid Rock shooting up the Bud Light cans. Oh, my God. Well, that guy just go away already. You know, it, it, but he did remind me of something, though. He he's on to something. It has nothing to do with the actual point he's trying to make. Yeah. But I do remember being like a middle schooler, high schooler, and I had uh BB guns and whatever. And my grandmother would recycle, she had a soda machine uh-huh. in front of her office. And she would get cans and have everybody that came into the office or whatever, just throw your can in a garbage bag and she would take them and recycle them. And she actually would do that, but she would gather like 10, 15 trash bags full of them before she would go. Right. And at one point it dawned on some of us that, Hey, this would be kind of fun to, to get all these cans, fill them all up with water, put them all around the backyard and do a little like BB gun John Wick, you know, setup thing sure, before sure. John Wick was a thing. Uh, and, you know, pretend to action hero around the whole backyard until you've shot up all these cans with all this, wa- wasted all this water, uh-huh. uh, you know, and uh, then you just put them back in their trash can and send them on to the recycling bin. So, you know, if he's trying to bring stuff like that back, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm not. But, sure. I'm not sure that's the point he's trying to make. All right, really? I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm not sure Kid Rock is into the whole recycling message. I'm just, I'm just guessing here. Mm, or, or have, he's not just having fun shooting up cans. You think? No, no, no. He's not just. He's he's uh he's definitely got something to say with this action. So yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess I guess it really makes him mad to be drinking shitty beer. I guess. And, I mean, uh, or is that not what it's about either? He no, he, no, no, no. It's uh, it's what the shitty beer company did. Oh, so see, I would I would shoot it up while it was full. Oh, he oh he of did actual beer because you know that would be that made more sense. It would make more sense because I mean it's, it's Bud Light, which which he did he did do that he he took oh yeah be sure several several cases of well. Of, I'm glad that he paid the company for the opportunity to protest that company. I'm sure they hate that. Yeah, I'm so sure that they're just so disappointed to already have his money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. while while he tells them with bullets how bad they are. Because in America, that's what we do. We tell people how bad they are with bullets. Or good. Yeah. That's you know. Too. Sometimes. In the case, of, in the case of school kids, oh yeah, Ooh, so uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's another hypocrisy story out of the news this week. So apparently, uh, the Tennessee legislature went back to 1850 this week, mm. 
uh, in court. Well, maybe not 1850 because there'd be no black people in the legislature then. Right. Right. Um, right. So let's say 1875, maybe. Um, so where you had, you had two black legislators expelled from the Tennessee legislature for decorum, quote unquote, decorum violations, because they helped facilitate and lead a protest at the Tennessee state Capitol because they failed to create gun legislation that keeps things like the Nashville school shooting from happening. Um, And apparently they were, they were, there were, there were three Democrats that were leading this campaign to young black men and a, and a white woman. And lo and behold, guess who gets kicked out of the legislature? (laughs) Uh, I'd actually, um, I had seen the stories, but I guess I hadn't paid attention to it enough as I should have, because I didn't realize it broke down that way. I didn't realize the demographics played out like that, but They, they did because, well, now to be fair, to be fair, the the woman the the white woman who was involved in this she missed being expelled by one vote. Uh, it took a, takes a two thirds vote in the Tennessee legislature to go back to Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so you know, I'm hearing stuff like, well, they're going to reinstate those guys and all this shit because there was a court. Of course, you know, the media backlash, as you would expect, was was quite intense on that and the fact that protesters just converged on Nashville when that happened. So, yeah, so we're, uh, we're, we're kicking out, we're kicking out black legislators for, for protesting, uh, legislators that, you know, won't make laws to keep kids from getting killed. So that's where we are in America today. Welcome. Well, I mean, they would have, uh, they would have kicked out all the black NFL players that knelt, too, if they weren't relying upon them for all that money they're making. Well, sure. Well, sure. So, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, that's another little piece of hypocrisy. Uh, Well, Hey, and then speaking of hypocrisy or whatever, and connected to that, but on the other end, you got, you know, you have that period of time in the NBA a few years back where, you know, it's like, just like their fellows in the NFL or, protesting that stuff and whatever and they've got this legitimate point they're making people in the players in the nba were doing the same thing it's like it makes sense as a home it applies to them but it's the second anything starts to interfere with that china money that the nba was trying to break into suddenly all of them are even the players themselves are pulling the oh i just shut up and dribble Right. I, I'm playing oh, a game. I'm playing oh, a game. Oh, and as long as we're, that just reminded me of another type of hypocrisy that happens sometimes. Where it's yeah, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't there wasn't there some recent hypocrisy of that order uh, in a in another basketball league recently? Oh, uh, are you talking about the dude? Where it's a bunch of Tennessee stuff here today. All of a sudden, uh, I think it was a Grizzlies player, and I am not that familiar with the NBA. So I, I'm not sure who the dude is, but I've seen the the memes and videos about it here lately. Uh, Grizzlies player who, I don't know, he signed some multi hundred million dollar contract or something like that. It's always all, it's always too much money. So yeah, well, or or not enough compared you know compared to what the teams make and all this other stuff. I mean, that's a whole other argument. But I, and I don't really 
care uh, about no, that part of it. But what made, didn't make seem to make any sense to me is that all of a sudden I was seeing videos about how you've got all these other like prominent black athletes or a, former athletes or whatever. In this case, it was like Shannon Sharp, I believe, who was riding this guy because he's sitting here. He's made like, you know, whatever is like outrageous contract was. He's some, made some it. Of, some obscene amount of money. Yeah. Like he's made it. You know, he's, I guess, you know, one of the top players in the NBA, whatever. And he's trying to act hard and gangster, you know? And and, right. and the point he was making was basically like, you made it out of that. Why are you trying to go back? Right. You know, like you're at the top of your field, basically. You, you should be promoting a, a completely different way of life. Mm. And you have the opportunity to do that. Or even if you don't, like, why are you? even if you don't want to do that, I'm not saying that everybody athletes and entertainers or whatever, they have no obligation to be role models for anybody. Oh, for sure. That's how sure. I believe like a lot of people want to shoehorn them into that, but they don't have that obligation. It's always just, they do it because they want to do it. If they're, if they are, and that's, you know, good for them. But even saying, let's going to take a neutral stance on it. And I, I'm not out to be somebody's role model or whatever, Surely the fuck you wouldn't want to be doing the opposite. Well, no, I mean, you know, and I think that that was his point, but then it turns out that just like kid rock who likes to act like he's like down home, home like good old country boy, whatever. Uh, this dude is like private schools and like his parents made money and that he was fine. He wasn't from the streets, just like just like Kid Rock wasn't from the streets. You see this a lot with these celebrities. Yeah, he was, they, they he forget, the, yeah, they he forget that we know where they came from. It's like Jennifer Lopez; she sang the fucking song, but she wasn't from the streets either. Yeah, they but, came. Yeah, he came from the street, Sycamore Street. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, let, let's be honest. Grin, they, I mean, they came from the village, Greenwich Village. You know, right, exactly. So I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's this it's this neat and and. And on one level, I understand why they behave like this. Okay. They're, they're trying to appeal to a fan base or they're trying to appeal to, you know, some audience or whatever it is. But I kind of feel like if, you know, if, if do you, when you're the top, one of the top players in the NBA, do you need to attract a certain fan base? Cause you're going to attract all the fan base. Yeah. It seems like you've, you're probably already going to be there just from doing what you're doing professionally. Anyway, you're already going to have people thinking you're awesome. So, Uh, so for me, it's not, for me, it's not a race issue or anything like that. I'm just confused by the behavior in general. Yeah. I I know. It's like you said, it's not, it's not just, we're not just talking about black athletes here. We're talking about a white fucking rock star. Yeah. And and he's not the only one. You can go back to like John Wayne pretending to be a fucking Western cowboy. Yeah, you know, yeah. he wasn't, I mean, West, he, wasn't he from like Connecticut or somewhere over no, there. He, no, he was from Iowa, but this, but this, but I mean, he hated horses. <laughs> he did. He hated horses. Yeah. But then he cultivated this image, uh, this this hard conservative image, especially when Vietnam was going on. And here's the thing that pissed me off about that: while Vietnam was going on, and he was raging against draft dodgers, this was the same motherfucker that that got himself out of World War Two. You know, by going on USO tours and shit when guys like Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant were out there fucking fighting. And fuck John Wayne. And I know he didn't I know he didn't fight, but Elvis went over there too. 
Yeah, and that's why Elvis is the king. That's why he's a king and you're a schmuck. That's why John Wayne's a schmuck. A little dogma line there. I love that line. That's why Elvis is the king and you're a schmuck. Selma Hayek. That was so good. I love that. That also has has another line uh, that I say, and sometimes I've, you know, it's been so long of me saying it that, I, I forget where it comes from sometimes. And it's the part at the very beginning when Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are the angels and they go into the office yeah, and they're, yeah. they're like killing all these board members they're, or whatever. And it comes around, it comes around to the, 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 the one lady that's in there and they're and and they're like, you, you're a genuinely good person. Good job. You get to live. And then Matt Damon turns around and he's like, but you didn't say God bless you when I sneak. <laughs> and you hear off screen, okay. And he's like, you're getting off light. <laughs> and then he leaves. off light on this one. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's a great scene. I love that scene. But yeah, so I mean, it's yeah. I'm I, trying to prove to this motherfucker that I'm not gay because <laughs> he's <laughs> like Chris Rock tells him that like most of the time you match make a guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh god, you know, it, it, boy, I tell you what, you couldn't make that movie today. I don't know. I think it's borderline because I, I don't see it as like a Tropic Thunder thing. Well, it caught. It like caught I mean, the major shit it caught when it came out was, the, of course, the Catholic Church was not happy with the way they were portrayed. Yeah. Uh, what, what's hilarious about that is that there were these protests that all these Catholics were were going, you know, to do for the movie. Well, Kevin Smith infiltrated one of the protests and ended up getting interviewed on TV. <laughs> they didn't know who the director was. Yeah, yeah, clearly was. He infiltrated it, and you know, all this, you know, just having fun with it, you know. So. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, but it's just, why don't, don't be who you're not. Own, yeah, own who really you weird. are. Own who you are. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you'd think it would have been enough. I mean, going back to John Wayne, I don't know enough about him, but was he, was it just a thing where he got, he got a role in a Western and then decided this is my hook? So I'm yeah, just basically, I mean, he was, he was, you know, he got these bit parts in these westerns, and they liked his look. You know, he was a he was a tall, kind of lanky guy, cowboy looking guy, and so they started putting him in these cowboy flicks. And the rest is history. Which evidently he was a good enough actor to you know to be successful in movies. Um, but they were all cowboy. Well, no, they weren't all cowboy movies. He did have a couple of war movies like Green Berets. And, well, he he wanted to pretend, right? He well, yeah. And uh, he did another one called "The Flying Tigers," which is a little more obscure. Uh, that where he's a flying tigers pilot in China, and right before World War II. But you know, it, it, yeah. I mean, he built his whole persona on that. And there are people, there are people in America, there are people I know that idolize this guy because of that. Yeah. And I'm just, and, and I don't, I don't get mad about it, but I, I get kind of tickled about it. Well, anymore too, it, it's, it's a little bit more excusable because he's so like his era is long over. Yeah. Cause he's you been know? dead since the late seventies. So and I mean, it's not, it, yeah, know. it's not like you have to really look into some of this stuff mm-hmm. to know that he wasn't some cowboy guy, but, but the myth, you know? but the myth has remained. Yeah. 
And that's, and, that's all it takes sometimes, I guess. And, uh, and I guess, and I guess for these people, it's about the myth, you know, when, when kid rock is dead and gone, I guess that'll be the myth that's perpetuated around him is this idea that he was a good old boy, working class redneck dude when he really wasn't, he was private school, five and $5.6 million palatial mansion, you know, fucking upper middle class fuck boy. Right. You know, I mean, Nobody's going to remember that. Nobody's right. going to remember that. I and mean, it's so, same, like it, it, he, he and Kanye remind me of each other. Right. It's right. The same sort of thing. Like he didn't, he, he didn't come from the South side of Chicago. Like he likes to put on, he, he was right. like upper middle class family too. Right. And, uh, it, it's just, yeah, that's just, that's a strange thing. And I don't know if it's something about whatever particular culture, uh, they're trying to, step through and step into uh-huh. uh, that they have to, they feel like they have to put it on or nobody will take them seriously. Right. But, but, but you know, at some point you would think, I, I mean, I guess you never can let go of the lie, huh? You can't stop posing. No, once you do it, once you do it, you have to stick with it because. Although I you, guess Kid Rock is not really posing as the same thing as he started out with. No, cause he was, he was this, he was this urban hip hop yeah. dude when we were in high school. You know, when that, he first came, when he right. first came, when, yeah, when he first came around in the in the late nineties, and he was doing, you know, bomb to the bomb, ding the ding, diggy diggy, you know, doing that shit. You know, that sounds nothing like what he's doing now. I think right. he's, cha- he's per se changed personas a couple three times in the last twenty 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 five yeah, years. Yeah, because so. like he started off as that like party boy, then he changed into like he sang that song with Cheryl Crow. Yeah, so he was sensitive. Well, he was uh, trying to be Leonard Skinner too. Yeah, you know, he, like he was like he was Ronnie Van Zant's son or something. And then, which, and then he's like, I guess he's coasting into um, like country, good old boy, good old band, boy stuff. You yeah. know, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to cut a country album. Or if he, well, hell, he has, I think already. Um, hell, I, I couldn't tell you because I don't listen to the guy because he fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's not he's not good. He's a terrible fucking singer. And if you think he's a good singer, you're wrong. Objectively, you're wrong. He sucks. So, you know, that's what I got to say about that. But I hope I alienate all of our listeners with that. But he he sucks. So, you know, that is kind of the a major uh, differential between uh, Kid Rock and Kanye is like, I'm not I'm not up on the genre. But as I understand it, Kanye is legitimately good within his own he, brand within he, his own music like he's legitimately good at it Kanye is talented he's talented but he's a sick man mm-hmm. that's the difference Kanye yeah. has actual mental problems that need to be addressed yeah yeah he does he, and he, like a lot of times is, it's easy to forget that because he's so like well known and talented you but know no yeah he definitely I mean, it's more sad than anything. Yeah. Honestly. When I, when I, when I tell people Kanye needs help, I'm not saying that as a joke. I, that legitimately mean that. I mean, right. he, if, if I knew him, if I was one of his friends, I'd be like, dude, dude, I'm worried about you. You know, and I'm sure his friends have said that to him, but you know, it's, uh, you know, but, but but Kid Rock, fuck that guy. He ain't nothing like that. <laughs> Man, he, yeah, he ain't got a problem. He, he is got, the problem. Yeah, he is the problem. He is the fucking problem. Him and Ted Nugent and all those other fuckers. 
Oh God, Teddy! I haven't thought I haven't thought about that guy in a bit. God, my, well, I hear about Ted Nugent because you know he he you know Ted Nugent's a big hunter, and mm-hmm. you know uh, people I know that hunt are, are into him because he's a hunter. <laughs> he he kind of seems like the type of person that would he hunts the most dangerous game. I wouldn't be surprised if he was hunting humans. Fucking, no, I know, right? But uh, you know. like uh, um, Gary Busey and oh my uh, god, that movie is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. When when Busey goes full on fucking fucking uh, bat shit in the scene when he's talking about fighting his dog, How fighting his dog. Yeah, oh my god, that scene is the best. That is, mm, oh, that is awesome. I love that scene because you're watching that and you're just seeing you're just seeing Busey go full on fucking bananas. You know, you see in his eyes, it's like, this dude has checked the fuck out. <laughs> he's either a brilliant actor or he's or he's legitimately crazy, and I think it's the latter. That's what happens when you bounce your head off the pavement when you have a motorcycle accident and you don't wear a helmet. Well, that's like, um, I, I was just watching something about this. Uh, Antonio Brown, the guy, the receiver that started the Steelers and all that. I didn't know. I had forgotten that back when he was first uh, really breaking out and becoming one of the top receivers, uh, some dude from either the Bengals or the Browns or something, a dude that known for cheap shots, I cannot remember the dude's name though, uh, just did it, did blindsided him with a shot and right. gave him a concussion or whatever. And he comes back to the team and uh, like he plays, there's like a year or so, and then he starts starts doing the stuff that he's now known for, like going off the deep end and flipping out and like torpedo and his team type stuff. Right. But I am not a Steelers fan, so I didn't pay attention to anybody on the fucking Steelers at all. Uh, so I didn't pay attention to interviews of this guy or whatever. And this video that I was watching about him and, and talking about the dangers of these concussions that these players uh, you know, sometimes we'll get yeah. and how extreme they can be. Uh, it was showing interviews with Antonio Brown before the concussion where he was a reasonable, calm, normal dude. Mm-hmm. And, and like everybody liked him and, you know, he, he all about his team, you know, like everything that you would say, this is what makes a good player and probably a good person. Right. You know, and then when he started doing interviews after train wreck, it's just batshit. Yeah. And so I, you know, and people, and because, you know, well, you know now that, getting in the point with the NFL where they admit that this shit's going on and there's a problem, right? Like for the longest time they were covering this crap up mm-hmm. and this was probably still in that era of, you know, he's fine. He's, he can play. He's fine. Right. But he wasn't cause he'd suffered brain damage. Well, you know, CT is a son of a bitch. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen the pictures of a brain, uh, what a, what a brain with, with chronic traumatic encephalopathy looks like? Mm -mm. It's, it's scary. I mean, just the, just the, the decrease in size, the, the coloration, the just deterioration of the brain. I mean, no wonder these people go crazy or they die prematurely. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, just the injury to the brain looks traumatic if you look at the pictures and it is traumatic. So it's in the name, chronic traumatic. So we probably got some of that. I know that 
I, I've taken a few blows. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. It might not yeah. be a good idea to listen to this podcast at all, people. We you we could be in a fever dream and uh, we're just talking. We don't even is this am I even actually alive? So my my first that that I can <laughs> somehow I can remember. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting, I was in single digits age. So probably like seven or eight years old, somewhere small, in there. Small child. And uh, I'm sitting in, so my brother and I shared a bedroom and we had our TV that our Nintendo was plugged into. And I'm sitting in the floor, minding my own damn business, playing Nintendo. Mm. And I don't know it, but my little brother, who's probably three, three or four at the time. Uh, has gotten a hold of uh my, like, you know, t-ball sized wooden bat, and he's just swinging away behind me, mm-hmm. not paying attention until he hits a home run off the back of my head, and I just <laughs> sort of, you know, you hear the crack, but when it's your own head, you just kind of black out, right. uh, fell forward, and then it, then all the like feeling comes back and it hits me, and I'm screaming or whatever, and. I don't know, like if his mom or dad or somebody came in there and started chewing him out or whatever. And I'm like, blah, on the floor. So that was probably the first incident of uh, brain injury for me. The mm. next one, I think, I really do think that just being the oldest, it, there's something about it that makes the younger children just wildly jealous of you. Yeah, because we're both. Because you're awesome and you're just better than <laughs> and in every way. And I mean, every oldest child knows this. Every youngest child doesn't want to admit it, but it's true. Uh, my sister did the same sort of shit to me once. Uh, my parents had put in like new carpet in the house we were living in. And carpet uh, is rolled up in a giant. It almost looks like a oversized toilet paper roll with its own like cardboard tube thing in the middle of it. And I thought it would be cool to get in that thing and play around with it or whatever, you know, again, I'm, you know, I'm probably a little bit younger, but maybe around the same age ish. Uh, and all of a sudden I see my sister smiling like a fucking demon <laughs> running at me, going to push it over. Cause like I'm in it. It's funny to push it over. She's probably two or three years old somewhere in there too. And, uh, and I'm like, no, no, don't do it. About that time she pushes a, well, my head conveniently hits the corner of the dining t- or the, the table there that's by me. And I'm, I'm like, uh, that, and I will say though, in both incidents, my initial response, even through pain was I'm about to bury my brother and I'm about to bury my sister in the backyard. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't care about the consequences. I'm about to bury them. And in both times, I really think it was mom. Uh, because dad, you know, my dad acts tough, but when it was with them, he'd be like, Oh, no worries. Your head, you just need a thousand stitches. You'll get it's okay for me, you know, but for them, it's like, they could do no wrong type thing. Mom wasn't that way. Cause mom was an oldest child. Mm-hmm. And so she's used to younger child bullshit. Uh-huh. And so when my brother and sister would do crap like that to me, she didn't let it go. And like, if she, if she hadn't tore into my sister, I would have really, I was going to murder her. 
but over <laughs> two like major times, another time I was swinging in a tree and fell out oh, yeah. and I, I, I like just half of a, a field of grass. There's like one big rock buried in the ground. My head bounced off that one time. And that was the only time that I've actually ever been knocked out. Right. And it was for about five seconds or so. Cause my cousin was there and he was trying to talk to me and I wouldn't answer. <laughs> so he Ooh, was like, Oh, there's there nothing. There's nothing scarier than being that other kid. Right. And and you see, you see one of your friends bounce their head off something and they're not responding anymore. It's like, Oh God, what's happened. I've, I've killed my friend. You yeah. Know? At least in this case, he would, you know, he didn't do anything. Right. I was swinging and fell out, but uh, so, yeah, but, and I know that I know that you've probably suffered your share of blunt force. Oh, trauma. for sure, for sure. It's it's a wonder I'm walking around to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I mean, I fell out of a tree once, uh, you know, stuff like that. But uh, I remember two two incidences of of head trauma uh, when I was probably seven or eight years old, about the same age. Uh, and my brother, my brother's five and a half years younger than me. So he was, he was still pretty little, but, um, my parents had bought me for Christmas, this, this thing with metal in it. And you had these dies and you know, that, that you could poke holes in, and little, little thin sheets of copper, um, you know, put, put tap, you know, uh, tap in design, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, it came with this wooden hammer that you used to do the tapping with. And it wasn't a huge hammer, but it was, it was heavy enough that when swung, it was solid. And so when it was swung, it would, it would smack. I mean, you're, you're, you're denting metal with it. You're putting holes through metal with it. So, so I'm sitting in the living room floor playing Nintendo one night. And my brother thought it was a good idea to walk up and hit me in the back of the head with this. Probably was. And he just and he just smashes me right in the back of the head with it, and I see stars, and I'm just like I'm like, ow! I'm like you know I'm like what the crap? And uh, I turn around and he's grinning like a grinning like a fucking possum in a tree, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like you know, and my dad's sitting there, he ain't done anything. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, aren't you going that hurt? Aren't you going to do something? And, uh, uh, <laughs> my dad's like, oh, you're all right. Yeah. Yeah. I was so like, yeah. That, yeah. I'm all right. And so, um, that, that might be, but still, still, that's not the point. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, but, but come to find out that, that he had, he had watched, been watching cartoons Where you and get? he, he, in, in classic emulation, he decided right. to pull a Bugs Bunny into my Elmer Fudd. Oh man, whack me in the head with a hammer. So that that was fun times. Uh, another incident. I've actually got three. Um, another incident involving my brother. Not about the same time frame. Um, I had these in my bedroom. I had these metal. They were they were flat, so they sat on the wall. But they were airplanes, uh, solid metal airplanes. Um, I'm laying in my bed. And I feel somebody, something climb on my bed and I look up and there's my brother and he's, he's, he's standing over me and he's got one of these metal airplanes and he's just kind of swinging it in his fingers, looking at me <laughs> and I'm looking <laughs> and I'm looking up at him and I know what he's fixing to do. 
And I said, please don't. Yeah. And he, and he smiled and lets it go. Man, that's sick. And he, and this thing conks me in the head. And not only did it, not only did this, and this thing was heavy, it's solid, conks me in the head, splits my, splits my eyebrow open. So I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding all over the place. Cause you know, you get cut yeah, like yeah. that, you just bleed everywhere. And, uh, thumped my head real good and, and and nothing happened my mom my mom you know helped me clean up the blood and i was like i was like what are we gonna do you're all right <laughs> you're all right i'm like okay and so the third incident happened when i was a little older um i was probably 11 12 somewhere in that range it was it was before we moved into the house that my mom and dad live in now so it was probably around 10, 11 years old. Um, I had some kids in my neighborhood and we would, we would get baseball games together, uh, in a big open lot, uh, not far from my house. And so I go over there and we're playing baseball one day and I'm catching and I decide that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to snug in on the batter a little bit so I can, so I can get, you know, catch the ball in a way to make it a strike or try to influence it. So I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I was an idiot. Um, well, anyway, my friend's sitting there with a baseball bat and he takes a swing at one of the pitches. And as he comes around, this aluminum bat hits me in the forehead <laughs> at, at, at high speed, at top yeah. speed, at top swing speed and knocks me back on my, knocks me first on my ass and on my back. And I mean, when he hit me, I saw stars. I mean, it, it hurt. And, uh, I look up and these guys are standing over me with these horrified looks on their faces, you know, cause I think they're more concerned about their own asses than mine at this mm-hmm. point, you know, so I'm, we're going to get in trouble, <laughs> which is always the case. You know, when your friends get hurt, everybody gets in trouble, mm-hmm. but, um, cause you were being stupid. And so, uh, my friend's mom, they go get my friend's mom. She doesn't, they don't live, they live closer than I did. And she gets me up and she takes me, walks me back to my house. And my mom was gone. So it was my dad sitting there and uh, in there. And so he gets me in the house and he gets an ice pack. And I've got this, I've got this pop knot on my forehead, right in the middle of my forehead. That's probably about the size of a silver dollar that is puffed up at this point. And that, and matter of fact, I can rub my forehead a certain way and I can still feel a knot, uh, where that, where that pop knot was, um, a little knot back there. But anyway, my dad, my dad gives me an ice pack and he's sitting there and he's asking me questions. Cause I guess he thinks I have a concussion cause uh, he's going, so where do you live? And I told him, he goes, what town are you in? I told him, what's your birthday? What's your name? And I'm like, dad, I'm fine. I'm fine. You answered them all. And then. Once he established, I didn't have a concussion. You're all right. Who, who are you? I'm Batman. <laughs> that's right. But, but yeah, that's that my, was that's my favorite Snickers commercial of all time. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. But yeah, I guess you know once he established, I didn't have a concussion. It was like, oh well, he'll be all right. Uh, that that that's kind of the story of my life. You'll be all right. Um, but uh. I remember too, one time my brother, my brother got the end of it one time, uh, with a golf club. Uh, I was swinging a golf club. My, my dad got roped into taking us with him to play golf one day. 
and he uh he took you know took us with him and you know i I grabbed a club out of his bag some a wedge or something i don't remember what was an iron of some sort and uh i was swinging the club around and i i I post up the swing and when i back swing i feel impact i hit something i didn't know what it was but i hit something and I turn around and my brother, he's probably three years old. He's holding his forehead and he pulls his hand back and blood just starts pouring down his face. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and and what, I sh- what you're telling me is that all his violence toward you is just revenge. That's what, that's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. But, he, uh, he remembered that. And so for the rest of his life, it's like, I'm going to look for opportunities to get back at this piece of shit. Yeah, he got three stitches, a little asshole. He, yeah. but uh, he, uh, but he, he starts screaming. He at first he didn't do anything, but when he saw the blood, that's when he started screaming. Yeah, and so of course my, of course that gets my dad's attention, and uh, he's like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and uh, we, uh, he snatches us both up, and we go back to the clubhouse real quick and puts him, uh, puts him in the truck, and we're sitting there at the hospital and. He had, my dad was playing golf with one of his friends that day and I was sitting out in the emergency room with my dad's friend and we sat there for a while, didn't say anything. And I remember I looked, uh, I looked at, I looked at this guy and I said, my dad's going to kill me, isn't he? And instead of going, instead of going, no, you're going to be fine. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, great. <laughs> just, just half a step for me. I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably you're a dead man, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when I think about all the licks I took that I've taken to the head over the years, I mean, it's a wonder I don't have CT, but yeah, which actually, you know, it goes to show how extreme the blows that these guys are taking are. Well, when, when, they're wearing helmets, they're wearing padding, they're wearing all the stuff. But the fact is, is they're still like, 200 minimum pound shit people 300 each other no i'm just saying like at minimum there's yeah, like I mean, there's no one out there that's under 200 pounds hardly i mean yeah, maybe there's I mean, a receiver on a team or something but still yeah you, yeah you get them you get them 300 350 pound linemen hitting each other it's like getting hit by a buick right i mean it's i mean it's it's some serious it's some serious impact and some serious kinetic en- energy there uh, that's being transferred. I mean, it's, I mean, and it's no, and, and it's no wonder their brains are bouncing around in their heads because they do it every day continually for years, probably from the time they're 10 years old to the point at which they either kill their family or kill themselves or just die yeah. outright. Well, that's like, uh, who is the wrestler? Oh, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Back, Chris Benoit, back in yeah. The, our era of watching wrestling. Wrestling. Is it? I mean, I know with his situation, and this is getting into a crazy story or whatever people, his situation was part, his best friend had died. Right. Like a year before Eddie Guerrero. And then he probably had brain injuries himself. Oh, sure. He was definitely like, I mean, he killed his whole family and then himself. And it's like, you don't really do that unless you've got, you know, some, some damage, like actual oh, damage. Sure. Going sure yeah. Well, that might've been the, the brain damage might've been the thing that took him over the edge. Yeah. That, that made him, you know, I mean, if it would have been, if you isolate what happened, you lose your, you lose a good friend, you lose your best friend, you know, that's, that's traumatic obviously, but 
when you couple that with traumatic brain injury, I mean, that's, that's the oomph you need yeah. to get you into that territory. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's like wrestling is fake. Sure. Story wise. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, the, but, the, but the impacts are very real. They're still slamming into each other. You don't, you can't fake a uh, jumping off 25 feet town and just slamming onto what amounts to a cardboard mat or um, plywood I mean, isn't it something like that i mean it's can, barely, yeah, covered with canvas yeah you know i heard so, a story about that with especially for well back when we used to watch wwf now wwe that it wasn't until vince mcmahon started doing that storyline where he became involved and would fight yeah that he realized how hard the the ring floor was yeah. And then after that, he took steps to like pad it out. Now I'm not saying that it became all cushy and wonderful to fall on or anything, but I think uh, that's a stone cold story. He was talking about the, the, the rings used to be even worse. Right. And then right. Vince started doing it and he realized that it's not fun to fall on this shit every day. Well, I mean, do you recall, do you recall growing up wrestling with your friends? And when, when you would, when you would go from the, the bed to the floor yeah, and you know, I mean, that's kind of what it'd be like, you know, and those, those impacts of the floor fucking hurt. Yeah. And, and you think about like stuff that doesn't really seem like it's that big of a deal. So like Hogan had the leg drop, right. Right. But he, and he did it every match. Mm-hmm. He'd do a leg drop. That's just jumping up in the air and landing on your ass on the ground. Yeah, you know, over over and over again. You know, that's one. It's a wonder his cock. It's cock it flat. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess you get enough padding on your rear end, but you'll think about these guys. No, I mean, he has he's had a lot of problems. I mean, yeah. he didn't get away with it. But I mean, I mean, you think about all these guys that one of their key moves is jumping off the top of the turnbuckles. Well, that's uh, I think Benoit did that shit. He would jump. Yeah, yeah he would jump from high and. I do I forgot what it's called? They basically it's like you fly, you jump off the top turnbuckle and and do basically a headbutt. Yes, yeah. You just kind of plank out and and hit and land like that. And yeah, I'm pretty that, sure he did that. Yeah, that's going to do some damage. Yeah, you do that over and over and over again. You know, or you uh, just do it one wrong time, I guess. Or you go through a plate glass window if you remember that. Who was that? Was that McShane? No, that was us, dummy. I didn't go through plate glass. No, I did. I don't care. (laughs) But the way you went through through your ass with your ass, man, that wasn't your head. No, not my head, but I still could have split my fucking self in half. Uh, That would have been your own fault. And you deserved it for suddenly throwing everybody else under the bus five minutes later. Well, if I was getting in trouble, so were you, what, motherfucker. That's what you get. Wait, see, okay, you're telling this story as though that makes sense or that's what happened. That's not what happened. We set it up to where we would all equally take the blame. And as soon as your mom even, like, raised her eyebrow, the rock style, speaking of wrestling, she came out and was like, what do these little assholes want to talk to us about? You you broke like a house of cars. Like it, it, <laughs> it took two seconds, and you were throwing you were throwing Richard straight under the bus, and then it just became pandemonium. And <laughs> what I like to remember about those things is that's one of the first times that was still early on in 
our buddy Al being involved with us idiots because he oh, hadn't yeah. been he hadn't been in town that long. He, he, he got he got quite the education. It was like that one and the day that uh you, you and Richard got into the fight because he sprayed you straight from the with the spray thing on the water hose. Yeah, in the right. pool. Yeah, that was like yeah. literally his yeah. first time coming over to their house, and we're 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 doing the rest wrestling in the pool thing, and uh, yeah, and he blasts you right in the eyes, and then <laughs> and my fist fight breaks out, you know. I would have liked to, I would have, liked to have seen you. <laughs> I wish I could have had a drone that followed you because you, you know you lived how far away would you say? Us two house at the, at the time. Well, yeah, but like an actual distance because there was a around a bend and. There, there were some gaps. So it wasn't maybe, like literally two houses away. Maybe, well, if this was after we moved, it was maybe. It was because you had to run. Maybe a tenth of the mile as far as, you know. Yeah. Total. I would have loved to have seen, had like a drone to follow you as you go screaming like a madman out, out the gate, down the street. <laughs> all the way back, all the way down to your house. <laughs> and then, and then. Your mom gets back over there and you, you would think that his mom and your mom were about to start fist fighting each other. Yeah. And meanwhile, his dad's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Keep it down out there. You (laughs) (laughs) trying to watch a baseball game. Probably trying to watch the Braves. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And then poor Al, you know, yeah, he not just, knowing what the hell. He, he, and I'm he, just, I'm standing there like this happens all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> These two fist fight at least four or five times a year, at least. <laughs> oh, but damn. But yeah, I can only imagine what he was thinking with that. But how did we even get? Oh, yeah. You tried to equate putting your ass through a window to head trauma. Come on. Well, I mean, I, no, I've, I mean, what I was trying to equate there was the, you know, the, how, the influence that wrestling has. I, on I actually, I actually boys. thought you were talking about, uh, there was a big pay-per-view event uh, with, Shane, with Shane McMahon. And you know, at the time I didn't think that much about it, but now it's pretty impressive that he actually put himself through all that crap too. And he absolutely did not have to do any oh, of that. For sure. For sure. Uh, but there was, there was some fight. I think he was fighting like Kurt Angle or something. And he was supposed to go through a fake pane of glass. Right. At one point, but either he misjudged where he was supposed to be standing or Kurt threw him through the wrong one, but he went through a real one Uh, and it like, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, I just think about (laughs) times like with the whole, when, um, uh, dude, mankind. Yeah. Undertaker when he threw him through the cage yeah. when they were up on the cage and he fell yeah. through the cage that wasn't supposed to happen oh, no. and he like busted the cage open and fell down on a bunch of like thumbtacks and all kinds of crap that uh-huh. it's like uh-huh. man like some of this uh-huh. stuff and I mean I guess famously like the Owen Hart thing where he's in the harness and he fell and it killed him yeah yeah he just he hit the turnbuckle I think yeah. Bounce off, bounce off of the turnbuckles, man. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that pane of glass incident could have been a lot bloodier. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I think about, and here's the thing when I, you, you watch that stuff, like when you're a kid or a teenager and you don't think much about it, 
But thinking about that kind of stuff, thinking back as an adult and especially as a dad, that, that shit just chills my fucking blood. Because I'm just right. like, I'm just like, fuck, man, that could have yeah, went south fast. Yeah, it's, like, it's like we were talking about a few, a few podcasts ago about how teenagers, they don't have any, you, you don't have any concept of that kind of stuff. And you right. don't, you don't think that that stuff's going to happen to you, but you also don't think it's going to happen. Even if they're playing football, even if they're wrestling, exactly. you also yeah. don't think it's going to happen to them either. Right. Cause right. we watch them and we just think they're always going to be there and it's not till later. And to be honest, that has really diminished my enjoyment of watching sports. Well, you, you take a kid, you take a kid that's in their physical prime as a teenager and you, you, that's how you always see them. You don't see them as the broken down 25 or 30 year old man that they become. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody sees that they see. And when you, and that's how you think about athletes in general, you think, especially professional athletes, you think about these guys as, you know, these guys are in their physical prime. They should be able to take these hits like a champ. Well, you know, that, I mean, that, that it goes into the mindset of not only the people who are playing, but also the people who are watching where it's like, well, I mean, it's, are you, it, I remember the old, are you hurt or are you injured? Right. Like, exactly. Well, know. I mean, it, it's a modern day Roman Coliseum at this right. point, especially, yeah. especially in football. I mean, you know, you're, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, I, I watch football as much as anybody. I enjoy football and you know, it's, that that's what it is, you know. If you've ever been to a game, especially a college game, especially in the SEC, uh, it's like it's like being in the Roman Coliseum, and those those boys down there are the sacrifice, right? You know, and so, and and you know, we don't think about that as fans either a lot of times because you know, again, you look at these guys and you think, well, you know, they'll they'll bounce back, they'll recover. They're young, they're kids, they'll requ- they'll they'll recover, but they don't. Yeah, they they don't, and for some of them, if it happens at the exact wrong time, mm-hmm. they haven't even gotten their first, you know, big contract or something like that, that they would be set. Right. Even if something did happen to them. You know, how many times, like, before now, at least now, uh, and I know people are going to complain or whatever about it, but I'm glad they're able to make money in college. Because um, they should. How much money are they making for the schools? And you're supposed to act like it's some honorable, like, yeah, but they're getting an education. Fuck that. They're not even there for that. They're there to play football or basketball or whatever they're there for. I mean, those are the two that are the big money makers, but like, especially football, they're there to do that. That's what they're there for. They're there to do that and then go professionally play it again. They're supposed to, you know, and, 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 you know, without turning this into fucking sports talk radio here, yeah, sure. uh, but you know, cause you know, you, the, the problem I have, the only problem I have with them paying the athletes at, at the college level is the fact that that exists alongside the transfer portal. Yeah. You know, what you're, what you have happening is, is you have schools that are never going to be able to out, outbid other schools in that case. You know, once they, you know, once they're set where they're at, they need, if they're getting paid by that college, they need to stay at that college. That's just the way I see it. You might be onto something there. I honestly don't really care enough about it. Uh, if if I mean, think about think about it away tomorrow. I wouldn't care, or if they all <laughs> got paid every game, whatever. I wouldn't yeah. care. Either. I don't care. 
it's not it's not important and people who start like really breaking it down and caring about it that much i think are focused on like the wrong goddamn things in life it's like uh we were talking about you know people shoot you know old kid rock shooting up beer cans and shit like that they're mm-hmm. getting riled up about shit that involves i mean the total demographics of uh the whole lgbtq community are less than five to seven percent of the population but the media puts it in front of them as though it's 50 percent of the population and growing and that's coming for your kids and so you gotta have to get all riled up about it you're focused on the wrong fucking things and that's the way that's the way both sides of the media want it the the left the left want to focus on it so they can get your votes because they're pandering to it Mm-hmm. The right one to make you so afraid that, I uh, mean, if you even look at a transgender person, your dick will fall off. And that just means, you know, you're a good Christian man. So, yeah, yeah, your penis is definitely about to fall off if you even come close to one of them. That's well, the way well, they well, want to present it. Well, it and the then meanwhile, the only thing that's going on is the fucking companies are just playing the neutral part. And they're just saying, well, we're just going to advertise for it because our our numbers show that we'll make more money if we do than versus we don't. We'll take well, the hit of the, the ultra right that don't like this. And ultimately, ultimately that's what don't people don't understand about this is that, you know, it, it, it ain't got nothing to do with inclusion and it ain't got nothing to do with culture wars. It's a business decision at the end of the day. Yeah. For the company, it, it, for them, yeah, but for the media, it's just a garner, you know, well, but, it, but it's a big media and, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a business decision for for everybody involved that's stirring up the shit because they you know they get business you know they get good business by stirring the shit pot, right? So I mean it's a business decision all around, and you've got these people that are marginalized that you know they're not being represented properly because they've yeah, been people, redu- they've been reduced to a dollar right. sign, right? So I mean it's it's uh. It's bad all around. So, but, but, but again, I, it's, there's a lot of idiot, idiocy in, you know, it goes back to, you know, we did a podcast about boycotts and this mm-hmm. goes back to what we were talking about, about especially conservatives uh, and, and, you know, radical right-wing conservatives, especially are bad about this. You don't buy the fucking product and then destroy it. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, don't, just, just don't fucking buy it. You got to make a spectacle out of it. Don't do that yeah. shit because they've got your money already. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They've already gone to the bank. I guess it's the paradox of, well, I can afford it, so I don't care. I'm it's, do it. it's, like the, it's the people who will buy a hundred plus dollar jersey and then burn it. You well, know? I mean, you're still a moron. You're just yeah. a, you're you're a moron that it can f- afford to be a moron. I mean, it, it's, that's all it amounts to to me. It's just it's complete and total idiocy, and it doesn't make any sense. And it's hypocrisy. It's hypocritical in the end. That I think that's what bugs me the most out of the whole thing is I want you know I'd I'd like at the end of the day to see a real breakdown about the people who really know that it's not how they're saying it is, right. I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's a pretty big percentage, it's, but there it's, are it's there are people there are people who genuinely don't realize it. Yeah, but I but I think that that's not. But the, the Venn but the Venn diagram of people that don't realize it and the people who are the maddest, yeah, tends to overlap. And True. a lot of it has to do with the fact that again, they don't know, they don't understand. They're they're they've been told this thing, 
by by the media, whatever media they consume, they've been told this thing. And that's what they're going with instead of saying, hey, maybe I ought to Google this before I get fucking furious about this. Yeah. Maybe I need to find out what's going on with this before I have an emotional reaction. But that's not the way we operate in America. We go emotions first, logic later. Well. If at all. You can, what is it? You can ask forgiveness after the fact. Well, that's, it's the same, it's the same philosophy as shoot first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to go that route, I mean, it's the same thing. Just react, then get your information. You know, it's just, it's idiocy. And, and, and it is, it is hypocrisy because it's going back to the Kid Rock thing. There's a, there's a photo going around and it's, and of course it's been memed a, a zillion times at this point um, of Kid Rock sitting and drinking a beer next to a drag queen at a party. Yeah. And he didn't seem too fucking perturbed about that. Yeah. So, they, so again, yeah. that's that's where the hypocrisy comes in for me. Is is yeah. it's just there's no point in there's no need in that shit. You're doing uh, it. You're doing it. it to, you're doing it to make some kind of statement so that your base will think, oh, he's he's awesome. I'm gonna quit drinking Bud Light because fuck that shit. Yeah, and, and then that. meanwhile, like Budweiser has been doing that kind of advertising for decades. Oh, for for sure. But uh, you know, it's just all of a sudden it's convenient. Now, like it's convenient for it feeds into the right's culture war, and it feeds yeah. into the left's pandering, right? Uh, you know, and going back to sports for the hypocrisy shit, it's like that um, the the LSU player that's getting all this shit about how she's taunting the Iowa girl for you know she was doing well, basically sure, the yeah. same thing to her that she was did, that the other the Iowa one from Iowa. I don't know their names, whatever. I just saw the thing, and it just it's like yeah, okay. I get that it's kind of a. It was antagonistic. It's antagonistic because she did it so long. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just, I thought initially that it was just, she did the, and and here's the other thing. They were doing the lame John Cena bullshit. I'm, I'm again, sorry. As we've mentioned before, uh, Michael and I come from the, what is known as the attitude era. Of, of wrestling it's all and right. so john cena is a joke to us so oh, yeah, i'm sorry sure. if we just offended a bunch of zoomers or whatever but that's just a joke but the the girl from iowa did the can't see me thing to whoever they played before but i think she just did it as a taunt and then that that was yeah, it she was she was talking and, shit that's all she was doing yeah which you know like whatever and it's also just you know whatever who cares uh when the girl from lsu does it back after they win and i thought that's all it was and so it was getting blown out of proportion because of the the obvious uh connotation of why they would be on one and not the other Um, uh, for it but uh then i looked into it more and it's sort of like well there's just this added flair of I guess the girl from LSU was chasing her down to do this shit. There's like a little extra effort going on. Right. To, to kind of do it. And still though, I, I, I don't think it's who cares. Well, they're, they're taking, they're taking something perfectly. Normal for, in sports. Cause like people talk, well, they shit. act like people don't trash talk in sports. Like these guys don't talk shit to each other constantly. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, are you have you ever played a fucking sport before? I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. I mean, they teach us how to trash talk from, from the time we're kids. Hey, bad about a swing. Hey, bad about a swing. 
You know, they're, they're teaching us how to talk smack from the time we're playing Little League, for Christ's sake. It's normal. It's normal in sports. Let it fucking go. Right. And, Let it go. And, but, but it's not being let go because it just it ends up being an example of like, well, black girl can't handle herself, you know. Well, and that's what, and that's, that's the message. That's yeah. the message is that is that okay? The white girl is just she's just trying to be an aggressive competitor, but the, that's just good. Yeah, that's just good hard playing right there. But, but the black girl, obviously, you know, the message there also is that the black girl can't, like you said, can't handle herself in public, and is embarrassing her college and her parents and her family and God and everybody else. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I've heard, I've, it's like I've heard the thing about how black women are often, I mean, I guess black men too are often prescribed as ultra aggressive when yeah. they're doing the same stuff. Yeah. And it just seems like this is just this in action right here. I mean, look, look, it right there. Look, I'm sorry. Larry bird threw as many fists <laughs> as, <laughs> right. as, as uh, LeBron James. Okay. More. Well, uh, no, like a thousand times more. Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, Nobody, Larry, nobody, Larry and Michael, as I understand, oh yeah, it was bad. the equivalent of each other in that regard. It's just you know they talk the most trash, they they did the most damage, whatever. Yeah. I mean, not actual physical damage because now we're getting into like the Pistons of the time or whatever. But right. that's a, that's a I don't even care about it that much. Uh, but but no, like one person is seen as a certain way, good hard sportsmanship, just having fun, and the other is not. And the only thing that you can go on is that she did a little extra, but it's not like she punched her in the after the game line or whatever. You know, the last thing I've got to say is before this all happened, I got on a kick like YouTube started showing me sports fights for some reason. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I see you have seen the recap of the March, whatever game in the March Madness. Here's videos of people punching each other in the middle of a basketball game. I'm like, wait, what? And when I started noticing that a lot of them were like lady basketball. Oh yeah. And they're like pulling each other down by the hair and punching people. Lady, not lady, man, women's basketball, men's basketball don't even hold a fucking candle. Nobody told me that. Basketball. Like everybody makes the joke of like sound fundamentals and there's no dunks, you know, the future I'm a thing or whatever, but right. nobody told me that it was basically hockey with the basketball. <laughs> like that would have made me a fan of women's basketball way long time ago. If I'd known that. Oh yeah. Them girls, them NBA girls are uh -huh. Yeah. Them girls are aggressive. And like the only time you see that in men's is when they really go insane. And it's like the, a long time ago, the Pacers, where they got into that brawl in the crowd and all that, or whatever. Well, or, or, or anything Latrell Sprewell did back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, any, any, anytime he walked out on the court, you know, him or, or, uh, uh, Dennis Rodman or, you know, any guys like that, you know, but that was, you know, but in men's basketball, it's considered part of the game. That's another hypocrisy, but the difference between men and women's basketball or men and women's sports in that case. Uh, and now I'm I'm seeing what time it is, but I want I want to leave with one more hypocrisy, and it goes all the way back to the original of a podcast when we were talking about you know stuff in Memphis and Tennessee. I saw something the other day that was you know as as someone who lived in Chicago for over ten years, uh, 
I would hear constantly from the start of me being there, I'd come back here. People are like, oh, it's so dangerous up there. Aren't you scared to be up there? No, not really, whatever. And then the longer you get there, you start hearing it's they always like politicians like to bring up the crime. And, and Chicago is always presented as the example, the, the example of height of peak crime, maybe in the entire fucking world. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, Memphis, Tennessee is the actual number one city in America for homicides. It's, Chicago's it's, like seven or eight or somewhere. It's not, it's not close. Yeah. But, yeah, but, nobody, but nobody's going to say that because guns are easily available in Memphis. Well, I think it's more like what color state is Illinois and what color state is Tennessee? It could be blue and red. And, and who are the people talking about gun violence in one place and, and, and not the other? And, and, and almost defending it in the other. Yeah. And, mm. and keep in mind, I'm talking about national media. If you live around Memphis or whatever, people are very aware of that. Oh, for sure. For sure. And around here, people are very aware of that. On all they're, sides just not, of they're just not getting on the news and, and garnering your vote look, look, by talking yeah. about one thing and not the other. Well, and even, and even then sometimes it's overblown in the national media because I used to work in Memphis. My wife grew up in Memphis. Um, if you just, if you know where not to go, you'll be okay. Now was she in Memphis, Memphis, or was no, she? No, no, she was. She was and in, now she's going to try to rap rock, and then <laughs> and then segue into her Leonard Skinner phase, and then get into blasting beer cans. No, because she grew up in she grew up in White Girl Collierville, Tennessee, yeah. which which that, uh, you know is, is part of Memphis Metro. It's just easier to say she grew up in Memphis because. Uh, I went. I went to school with a girl who used to say that she went to Detroit. She was from Detroit, and it was the same sort of situation. She was right, from she's like, actually from the north suburbs. She and, you was know. from like rich people side. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so <sighs> it, well, it's like somebody saying they're from Chicago, but they grew up on the North Shore, right? You know, something like that. Oh, I'm from Evanston. Yeah, really. Okay, <laughs> you 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 characterize it like you grew up in the South Side or something. But. Well, and you know, you know, I remember growing up where we did, I, I would, when I got to college or I went somewhere, I, I, just for ease of saying it, I'd say, well, I grew up on a farm. I didn't grow up on a farm though. No. That no. gives people the wrong, you know, I, I grew up two minutes from a farm and I had to spend a lot of time on one, but I wasn't out washing the pigs every morning. <laughs> Or any of this other and, shit. Like we know. knew people who did that kind of living on the farm. Oh, for sure. But but that's not. And so sometimes I think I get it. It's like it's easier to just say exactly what you said. It's easier to say that you're just from the place, and people are like, okay, that's fine, rather than explain why I'm from certain suburb, whatever. But the difference is, we don't turn into a musician pretending to be from the streets, right? Or, the country or the whatever. We, and we so that's our message today. Don't turn into a mu- musician that pretends to be from a place that's actually like just sort of close to where you were actually from. Don't be kid. That's, rock. The, that's the, yeah. Don't be kid rock. That's the message for today, everybody. And with that, we'd like to hear your thoughts on that. We'd like to hear your thoughts on the hypocrisy you see around uh, in, in anything, media, sports, 
uh, politics, whatever the case may be, uh, hit us up on our socials uh, at Audacity Pod on Twitter, uh, Audacity Podcast on Facebook. All right. Talk to you later. We'll see you guys.